Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. Like, I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot. No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is a Friday edition and I was uh, just watching the footage there uh, in our opening, realizing that I don't think any of the players that we have in there are actually on those teams. Those were good times. I wish I had those players going to London uh, with my team this week, uh, but we will get to that soon. Before we do, Dennis, how's your week been? Man, I'm so glad it's Friday. Just the week is, you know, the day job is grinding me. It's grinding me. I, you know, I, I talked a while back about I got a nice little promotion and nice fat raise and, and they're getting their money's worth. They're certainly getting their money's worth. So, but baseball season's over for the boy. So that's a little something. Now it's trying to fit in, getting some Bo Jackson time in so he can get some workout and not lose his edge. Uh, Big Shorty just got accepted to Ohio University. So that's Bowling Green and OU uh, under his belt. We're just waiting on the big one from OSU. Uh, That's all submitted. We just a couple days ago got all that taken care of, and we feel pretty good about his uh, chances of getting into OSU. So. Uh, we're preparing for his uh, audition on December 3rd. Um, yeah. it's you know, and, and then it's going to be Christmas, and we've got to sprint until Christmas. Uh, you know, the season, the fantasy football season is like in the second half of the point scoring season. It's just flying by. I was talking with Evan Brown from Dynasty Debates today, and he's like, whoa, this has been such a crazy season. And I'm like, Man, we say that every year. It's crazy season. He's like, yeah, but you know, twenty five point or twenty point fantasy points are twenty five percent down or something. Around. I'm like, well, I mean, old quarterbacks they stop being elite, and it's like it they fall off a cliff kind of. And we've got like four of them that are dropped that have seemed to have dropped. And Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Russell Wilson. They seem to, and then. Tannehill was always a reliable mid-tier guy, and he seems to have kind of crapped the bed this year. There are a lot of guys that just – and, you know, the pipeline for quarterbacks – I was talking with Garrett uh, Price last night on the, uh, the Dynasty Nerds show on BSN, and there's just not a lot of talent in the quarterback pipeline. And so while we've got a lot of guys that are coming to the end – you know, there's really only, you know, Bruning says it all the time. There's like two guys in this class 
that uh, we feel really good about. And while Hendon Hooker is picking up a lot of speed, you know, Hendon Hooker is older than Lamar Jackson and Kenny Pickett. The other thing I always try not to get too hopeful about is two years ago, we it was supposed to be like the can't miss quarterback class where he had five rolling in there. They haven't been – life hasn't been that easy for these can't miss prospects. So you never know. And even the – the big five in the class before that, we got Lamar and Josh Allen have been good, but the the other three first round quarterbacks, uh, can I interest anyone in a Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, and Baker Mayfield three for one? So, <laughs> in the way it's going, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, that uh, speaking of falling off a cliff suddenly, uh, that does bring us to our Thursday night game where the Baltimore Ravens went down to Tampa Bay and won 27 to 22. Tampa Bay falling now to three and five on the season. We will get to them in a minute. But Dennis, when is a win not really a win? Well, maybe it's when Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, and your new running back, Gus Edwards, all go out with injury during the game. We saw this happen to the Ravens last year after a promising start. Just too many injuries eventually took a toll. Is that a concern now? I I think Bateman is probably the biggest concern um, just because he is, he's supposed to be stepping into the, uh, the uh, Hollywood Brown role. And I, I, my brain kept glitching on Antonio and it's not Antonio. Um, so he was the one that was supposed to step up and be that guy. And he hasn't been able to, to shake the injury bug. Duvernay has been playing really, really well in his stead. Demarcus Robinson stepped up a little bit last night, but I don't think those two guys have, have just the, the raw talent that uh, Rashad Bateman does. Uh, they said that Andrew's injury is not something they're concerned about. And the way Isaiah likely played, I I don't think I'd be concerned if it is likely played a phenomenal game. And then Gus, I think is he's got a hamstring, but I think with the 10 days off, he's going to be fine. But then Kenyon Drake bounced back. Like last week, I was among those people trying to get Kenyon Drake off my roster because he wasn't doing diddly squat. And this week, you know, he gets the touchdown. Uh, now I've got a couple teams that I've got Drake and Edwards, and now I've, I get to play, you know, fantasy football roulette with which one I put in my lineup. Yeah, and you got to start to wonder a little bit about Bateman because he was basically unavailable most of last year and hasn't played a ton of games this year. But I I tend to be with you. I think the big injury for Baltimore last year was Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson can stay up there, hopefully good things can happen. Uh, On the flip side, Tampa Bay, they're continuing to struggle. Three and five now. Haven't really found a lot of sync on offense. Managed to come score some points late, but it was some tough going. They're fortunate to be in a not-too-robust division, which we'll talk about in a minute, but are the Buccaneers in real danger of missing the playoffs? That was one of the nicest ways to say a shitty division that I've heard all day. Um, People who are Broncos fans can't cast stones right now. You know, it's that division is open, and all it's going to take is somebody to get on a run, to, to just hit their stride, and put together, you know, a, a nine and eight, eight and nine season, probably, and pull off winning that division. Um, Tampa Bay's struggles all go back to the interior of their offensive line, and we've been talking about it for weeks. Until that gets right and opens up some lanes for Lenny and takes some of the pressure off Brady, I, I think they're going to continue to struggle. I'm not having Godwin for most of the first half. Uh, of the season here has been uh, not ideal. Julio, you know, he played a game, missed two, played a game, missed three, played last night. So what, we'll see him in week 13? Uh, Probably. So, you know, Rashad White is looking good, but he's got fresh legs. 
I think some of the uh, he's getting through some of the holes that Fournette isn't making it through at you know his advanced age of twenty six or twenty seven. Excuse me, um, but to, Tom is he the they're not quite connecting, hmm. and, and I don't know how much of it has has been you know him being away from the team midweek, uh, you know, but. You know, it all goes back to the center of that line. If that line can gel, I mean, they've got two real good offensive tackles. And he doesn't have the safety blanket in Gronk that he's had for so many years. Um, but they got to, sh- if, if they can just start to put it together at center and guard, uh, they, they have as good a chance as any to go on a, a run and, and win that division. Yeah, and I tend to think they'll they'll get back to you know eight to ten wins, which is probably all it's going to take, and manage to win that division. Hopefully, you know it's hard to tell what kind of a toll everything's taking on Tom Brady. For those that haven't been watching, some big personal news for him came out, and hope that he makes it through that. And Tampa Bay will, uh, I think, eventually they're going to find themselves because you're right that not exactly juggernauts staring them down in the division, but they did lose a couple of those division games already. So you never know on to the rest of week eight. And uh, speaking of staring down juggernauts, the Denver Broncos at two and five head to London to battle the two and five Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I'm sorry, London Uh, Dennis Russell Wilson did a lot of exercises on the plane to get ready. Broncos have lost four straight facing a lot of scrutiny, him personally, the coaching staff, Everyone involved, probably the people that work at Walmart are getting scrutiny now too, just by association. Can Russ get the passing game going? You know, they've got talent. Um, and I think overall he's still a pretty good thrower of the football. Um it for I don't know if it's just the the offense isn't clicking with him, you know, hacking. Who's the offensive coordinator? Justin Outen. Justin Outen, but it's a it's a Hackett offense, right? Yeah, he calls He's, plays, he does all that. And it's it's just you know the chemistry isn't there. Uh as much as I would like to think that they can bounce back, it doesn't look great. I mean, you you know, Russ is notorious for his slow starts, but by week five, he generally is settled into a groove, and we're in week eight now. And he hasn't quite settled into that groove. It's um, losing Javante Williams, and you know they don't the misplaying of the Melvin Gordon Latavius Murray situation. Uh, you know Greg Dulcich's Greg Dulcich Dulcich looks good. That's easy for me to say, um, but Dulcich looks good, and they do have weapons in Judy and Sutton and even KJ Hamler. So. Can it come around? Yeah. Will it? You know, there's but, been a Jim Tom Sula before, and Hackett might be the next. I mean, if they don't look good on Sunday, they might just leave uh, Hackett in London, let him be somebody else's problem. On the flip side, Dennis, uh, the Jaguars dealt James Robinson to the Jets this week, so is it wheels up for Travis Etienne? Man, Snoop Connor season, baby. Snoop Connor. I, um, I am waiting. It would be the most Jaguars thing in the world to trade James Robinson. Snoop Connor gets 20 carries while ATN gets like five. No, I, I think they've, uh, I, I feel like they've settled in. It's going to be, uh, he's probably going to get 65% of the snaps. Uh, he's going to dominate the touches. I think if they have some short yardage stuff, they may go to Connor, uh, they put Jamichael Hasty in. He's a good pass catcher. He's got some explosiveness. But I, I feel like Hasty is more of a handcuff back to ETN. So I, I do think we might see a little bit of Snoop Connor. But I also think we're, we're we might see uh Trevor Lawrence trying to get back in sync with uh the Joneses and Christian Kirk. Uh, while he's over there in, in England, I mean, he may pull the you know what do I got to lose? Now, Lawrence is playing okay. Um, 
he's not playing where you would like a, a second year number one overall pick to play. Uh, he just hasn't got there, but he's making strides. He's and, gone more to the uh, Baker Mayfield school of number one picks. Yeah, you know he's you know there's still hope. Don't put that don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Um, it's hard to believe both these teams were once two and one. Now they're both two and five. I am taking the Broncos. So am I. Well, we mentioned the NFC South isn't exactly robust, and uh, that's because after Tampa Bay's loss last night, the winner of the Carolina Panthers, who come in at 2-5 and five, against the Atlanta Falcons, who are now 3-4, and four, will be in first place in the NFC South. So it's either going to be a 500 team or a 3-5 and five team. Speaking of potential 3-5 and five teams, P.J. Walker looked pretty good uh, last week. Can he keep that going? And more importantly, can he keep D.J. Moore fantasy relevant? Well, I, I, I'm I pulling for Carolina because I want to see the video of Matt Rule walking around outside the stadium flipping the double birds at everybody. <laughs> Because they're well, in first place. They might still be one and seven if he's the head coach. They're, they're winning without it. So I you know, PJ Walker knows where his bread is buttered, and that's with DJ Moore. Um getting rid of Robbie Anderson, you know, that pushes um uh not Shy Smith, Terrace Marshall Jr. up the depth chart, uh Shy Smith, Rashad Higgins, you know, so they've they've got they've got guys after. DJ Moore. So Jags after. Yeah. <laughs> They've got guys after people who classify as wide receivers after DJ Moore. So I feel like more, you know, Ben McAdoo as uh, an OC and head coach, his number one wide receiver consistently got 10 plus targets. Now, for most of that time, it was Odell Beckham. And so I feel like DJ Moore is, they're going to, he's going to get that. 10 plus target game on a consistent basis, regardless of who the quarterback is. I just don't know if they're going to be able to convert them. Um, you know, I'm there's a reason PJ Walker is kind of taking the Josh Johnson route to quarterbacking. On the flip side, the Falcons, uh, you know, they've been decent finishing three and four, but it's been a lot of uh, Marcus Mariota being kind of a one man show. We have seen both Drake London and Kyle Pitts struggle in a very low-volume passing offense. Do you have any faith in either of them this week? Well, I think it poses the question, are they struggling because it's a low-volume offense, or is it a low-volume offense because they're struggling? And I tend to think that it's a, they're struggling because it's a low-volume offense. For, for them to have been behind 91% of the snaps – uh, last week and Arthur Smith to only throw it, what, 13 times or 15 times, 13. something absurdly low like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, to me, if you don't trust Mariota to make some plays, I'm not saying you got to throw the ball 50 times, but you got to throw 25, 30, 33. You, you've got to put the ball in the air. Uh, I like Tyler Algier. But he's not a transcendent talent at running back that you can lean on. He's a good enough running back that if you have a balanced attack, he's going to be productive. But they're not, they don't have a balanced attack right now. And I'm, I mean, I think Pitts is a target. If you, if you've got a contending team out there that needs a tight end and you have a tight end, I think you go and you try to acquire pits from them while you're rebuild, because I, I can't believe it's going to be this way forever. Same thing with Drake London. But until they get passing volume, I just don't know how you can count on either one of them. Uh, I mean, next week they're both starting. We've got six teams on a bye. This week, four teams on a bye. So they're probably starting. Oh, is it only two this week? Chargers okay. Chiefs. Oh, that's right. Um, so, you know, you probably have a, a better option. And if you do, you're going to stick them in your lineup. Yeah, I'm not starting either of them right now. Um, I do wonder how many of Mariota's carries are supposed to be passing plays where he takes off. 
might impact it a little bit. But right now, you, I just don't have any confidence in their passing offense. That being said, I am still taking the Falcons. Uh, I'm going to go with Carolina. I'm going to ride the uh, yeah, I know. PJ, PJ and DJ. Let's rock it. You're hoping to introduce a little anarchy. Well, maybe uh, that's it. Next up, the three and four Chicago Bears, fresh off a big Monday night football win, heading to Dallas to battle the five and two Cowboys. Dennis Justin Fields is quarterback four over the last three weeks. Can he keep it going against a good Dallas defense? Man, I can't tell you how much I want to say yes. <laughs> I just, I, I, he, he's, I think he's QB fifteen on the year or something. Now he's climbing the ranks. And a lot of it is because he is running. They're getting a little more passing. They're, they're getting a little more comfortable. He's making a few more plays in the passing game. Um, but I don't think I don't think this is his week. I think this week I think he's he's going to be in that thirteen to eighteen range, um, primarily because he holds the ball, uh, and and he's got a. This is a defense that you're going to have to get the ball out against. And he has, with his tendency to hold the ball and Trayvon Diggs' ability to make a play on the ball in the air, I don't think this is setting up as a great game for Justin Fields. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, Dallas has a pretty ferocious defense. It's more I still have concerns about Chicago's offensive line. On the flip side, it looks like Ezekiel Elliott is not going to suit up. Dak came back last week. They kind of eased him back in. But is it going to be another step forward for the passing game this week? Well, I I, I kind of think they want to see that they're going to take the opportunity and see what they can get out of Pollard. Um, but against the Bears, you know, part of the challenge, I think, comes from they're not going to – they're not going to probably give up a lot of points on defense. So there's not going to be a big reason for them to throw the ball a lot. Now, as I say this, you know, Chicago is going to go out and put up 37 points for, you know, with smoke and mirrors and Dak's going to have to throw the ball 60 times. Uh, That's just the way my luck goes. Um, But they trust Pollard. They like Pollard. Uh, Pollard has the size to be a bell cow back. You know, he's not, he's not a smaller guy like Daryl Henderson. Pollard's six foot two fifteen. Uh, he's got the size to be a bell cow back. Um, he just happens to be with Zeke who, uh, you know, has pictures of Jerry Jones. And so he, you know, gets to be the star. Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, Mike McCarthy, something. Something. No, I think I think they'll they'll throw. You know, they've got Dallas has a ton of weapons, yeah. you know, and they're going to use them. But when they get up, and and they will, they're going to shorten the clock. They'll run run to you know Tony Pollard's probably in for twenty carries. Yeah, and I think Dak threw it twenty five times last week, which right. you know is is a double Mariota pretty much. Yeah. Um, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him between you know, maybe 30, 35. I don't, th- I don't think they're ready to go back to throwing till Dak's arm falls off. I think they've discovered that isn't their best look. That being said, I am taking the Dallas Cowboys. So am I. Next up on the docket, the four and three Miami Dolphins head to take on our boys, the one and five Detroit Lions. <sighs> that hurts. Uh, Dennis, we've seen, uh, obviously they have a pretty robust passing game in Miami, but we've seen Raheem Mostert really come on the last few weeks. Are you starting to have confidence in him as an RB2? Well, he's RB15 over the last four weeks, and that seems like a solid trend to me. Um, for me, I I feel like Mostert's one of those guys that you're like, you know, I'd love to commit to him, but he always gets hurt. You know what? Commit to him until he gets hurt. He's he's probably gonna get hurt, and Chase Edmonds or Miles Gaskin will come in and save the day, uh, and go into the n- next couple of weeks, and you won't know which one it's gonna be. Um, but ride Mostert until he breaks. You know he's what he's a twenty nine year old back. He he's not somebody that I think we're looking at and going, Hey, he's got this big future. So in fantasy, he's, he's proven over the last few weeks, 
He's a solid RB2. Play him as a solid RB2. And when he breaks, go do something else. Yeah, I like what he's doing. I, you're right. The biggest thing for him is always staying healthy. I've liked him the last couple of years. He's burned me. We will see. On the flip side, finally, it looks like DeAndre Swift is going to make his return. What are you expecting? I expect a timeshare. Um, I think they'll split the carries, him and Jamal Williams, uh, but Swift will dominate the receiving work. And hopefully, fingers crossed, he is healthy. He's not on the injury report. Everything looks good. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown is back. There, There is some opportunity for Detroit to surprise at home against Miami. Um, but it's, you know, it's 2023 Detroit. I'm not putting my money there. Yeah, I had hopes for Detroit this year when I'm taking the Dolphins. So am I. Next up on the docket, the three and four Arizona Cardinals travel to Minnesota to take on the five and one Vikings. Dennis, DeAndre Hopkins looked great in his return. Zach Ertz has been pretty solid all season. But do you have any faith in either new acquisition Robbie Anderson or our boy Rondale Moore? You know, Moore seems like they're using him. They're trying to get him involved. So he fe- he feels like he's a, a six, seven target guy. But he also feels like he's going to convert them probably into about 35 yards. Um, he may get a touchdown. Uh, I like Zach Ertz. I think he's providing value. He's filling a role that the other guys don't. And, you know, Hopkins is going to keep doing what he does. He's, I think when Brown gets back, uh, he's going to, Hopkins will continue to generally dominate the targets. He's going to be a 10 target guy. Um, you know, I don't know that he's going to break a hundred yards frequently. Um, but, uh, Hopkins is a guy that has exceptional ball skills. Robbie Anderson's a deep threat. He, he does what he does. Uh, you know, I played him last week in a couple spots just cause I was like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at guys that were projected to score six points or something. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to throw Robbie in there and see if maybe he catches, they're probably going to throw him a couple deep shots. Let's just see if he catches one. They threw him one. I think he didn't catch it. He didn't really play much. I'm like, whatever. I'm rebuilding on these teams. I wasn't counting on them to win, uh, but I like Ertz. If, if I'm looking for a second receiving option, uh, I'm probably looking at Ertz. On the flip side, the Vikings are five and one. They've looked pretty solid. We haven't seen gaudy numbers from Kirk Cousins, but he's been pretty steady. How do you feel about him? Low end QB one? Uh, yeah, I, I mean Arizona gives up the sixth most sixth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. And when you've got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, Irv Smith, and Dalvin Cook, uh, the ability to throw the ball is uh, very prevalent. So I, I feel like Kirk's easily, comfortably in line for QB one game this week. Um, and I just, man, you just got to love Justin Jefferson. Oh, my God, that guy's so good. I'm taking the Vikings. I can't believe we're, like, tracking for a top two NFC seed for the Vikings. Yeah, they're, you know, their offensive line has come together well and is playing well. And, and you know, let's face it, that makes all the difference. I'm going to spot it from the rooftops. Build your team from the inside out. Next up, the I assume you were taking the Vikings too. Yeah, yeah. Next up, the Las Vegas Raiders two and four at the two and five New Orleans Saints. Darren Waller is looking like he is going to uh, finally be back in the lineup. Is he going to be in your lineup? I mean, what are your options? I mean, we know that Darren Waller is in a week where Mark Andrews already played and Travis Kelsey's on a bye. Tight end is looking a little less rosy. Right. So it's like we know what Darren Waller's ceiling is. And while we know also, at least we think we know, that Derek Carr wants to get the ball to Devontae Adams, um, Derek Carr doesn't have any issue getting the ball to Darren Waller either. So, to me, this is a game. You know, Marsh. Uh, I think Marshawn Lattimore is going to be out. Uh, the the Saints' defense isn't terrific uh, on the back end with Lattimore out, 
And so I feel like there's going to be plenty of opportunity for the Raiders to pass the ball. Um, and then they've got Josh Jacobs to provide a lot of balance, who is just having a monster season this year. So I think if I have Waller, I I, I don't I can't see not playing him. Yeah. He seems to have, have done fine. I guess the one I was wrong about was Hunter Renfro. I didn't realize Matt Collins would be a thing. On the uh, flip side, Andy Dalton's getting the start over a now what they say is healthy Jameis Winston. Do you think Andy Dalton is a better option for the Saints offense? I think they're two sides of the same coin. Um, you know, I think Dalton is the head side. Winston is the tail side, meaning that, they're you know, you get a little more conservatism and uh, a little less upside with Dalton. You get a little more, uh, you know, excitement and, and explosiveness with – uh, Jameis, but you also, there's certain amount of risk that comes with it. Uh, I don't, to me, I, I, I think it's, I think the ceiling is basically the same for the non quarterback players for the saints, regardless of who, uh, who is playing quarterback between those two guys. Uh, if Jake Luton gets in there, then it's, then it's a completely different story. Um, but you know they know that Chris Chris Olave is the number one dude there. Yeah, he's taking he's over. the only available dude. Right. You know, and then and then you're going to get somebody between you know Kevin White, Deontay Hardy, uh, Raheem, Traquan Smith, Traquan Smith, or uh, Marquez Callaway. One of them will catch a bomb, and you know that's like rolling a dice to see if you win the lottery. It's like our pick, the Yolo King, Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am taking the Raiders. So am I. Football fans, so the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Next up, a AFC East battle of three and four New England Patriots off a humiliating Monday night football loss come to battle the five and two New York Jets, who are somehow underdogs at home despite having a better record. Dennis, on Monday night, Mac Jones got yanked uh, pretty shortly into that game after making his mark on uh, one of the other one of the Bears' uh, lower uh, lower body parts, uh, the kick scene around the world, and also an interception, but he's been taking all the reps. Bill Belichick said he's fully available. He is expected to start. Is it going to be another short leash? I I think that, you know, in my opinion, uh, New England is a hot mess, and it's probably one of the worst coaching performances that Sling Blade has ever done. I, I think that Bill Belichick is uh, whatever he's tried to do with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as offensive coordinators, offensive minds, it's just not there. And I don't know who engineered this, well, we're going to pull Mac and put in uh, Bailey Zappi. If you want to play Zappi, play Zappi. Belichick is not someone that I'm used to I guess, cowing to draft capital. And it seems like that he wants to play Zappy, but there's like, well, Mac Jones was a first round draft pick. And then Zappy looked great for, what was it? 15 plays. Then he couldn't move the team either. 
Um, it, and I think that's kind of what ended up going back to Jones because he had two horrendous interceptions in that game. So I, for me, I, I I think the leash is it short. I don't know. It's I don't know what to expect from the the uh, the Patriots this year. It, yeah. It's really just a toss up when they when they go out there. You know, they could come out and run the ball for 250 yards and look completely unstoppable. And then come out one week and the next week and they're going to throw the ball, you know, 35 times and look completely unstoppable. And then they're going to come out and they're just going to you know lay a turd on the field and and it's like what the hell. Yeah, I don't know either. It's it's been a weird year. On the flip side, you know, we know Brees Hall is out. Michael Carter is there. He looked good last year. He looked good coming in last Sunday. They traded for James Robinson. What do you expect the split to be between those two? The trade for Robinson almost feels like they, they've said, we like the role Michael Carter plays, and so we want to keep him in that role. And if that's the case, then – you know, Robinson is probably going to get more touches. Um, but is he is the knee going to hold up? You know, has the knee pain gone away? Is he is he going to be able to handle it? Um, that's the real question for me. I, I liked the move. But to me, if it if it was me, I guess I would have Carter being the lead back and Robinson being the fairly clear backup. But then they've got Ty Johnson too, and you know he's going to probably get some run. And uh, it's right now, it feels like I'm going to need to give the Jets' backfield a couple games to see how this shakes out. And if Zach Wilson can't kind of get it together in the passing game, uh, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to mean for the running game because a lot of times it looks like Wilson is just kind of running for his life back there. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. I think Carter will be more of the lead back this week, but I, I agree that we have to wait a couple weeks to see what's going to happen. No uh, Corey Davis this week, so maybe Elijah Moore will actually get the target. Yeah. I am taking the Jets. Big Denzel Mims week. Uh, I'm taking the Jets too, but uh, – I. To me, it's really a coin flip. Next up, we have the Battle of Pennsylvania as the 2-5 and five Pittsburgh Steelers head to battle the 6-0 and fresh off a of bye Philadelphia Eagles. Schedule doing the Steelers no favors. Kenny Pickett's in there. They have a lot of great passing weapons, including three big receivers in Pittsburgh and Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Chase Claypool. The problem is the volume has not been there. How are we feeling about these three receivers? Do you trust any of them as top 24? Well, Pickett's been getting plenty of attempts. He just – it hasn't been for a ton of yardage and a ton of completions. I mean, he's, he threw the ball, what, 58 times, 54 times, something. So, again, he's he's kind of scrambling a little bit to, to keep himself alive. So, I'm not overly concerned with the volume. It, the, the question becomes, will they start to convert a little bit better? You know, we love the George Pickens miraculous catches. He's living up to the expectations. Um, Deontay's still the high volume guy there. Uh, I, I think really what, you know, this week, I, I view them as a wide receiver two in Johnson and a couple wide receiver threes. Maybe, maybe even Claypool as a flex instead of a wide receiver three. That's sort of where I have them right now. Yeah, I don't see any of them as better than a wide receiver three because even Deontay Johnson, you know, he had 13 targets two weeks ago, got five receptions, 10 targets, five receptions. Last week, 12 targets, five receptions. He's getting targets, but he's not getting much in terms of receptions, yardage, and touchdowns. The one that I feel the best about starting is actually their tight end, Friermuth. Yeah, he's, he's converting. The Eagles were uh, super hot before their bye. Do you think they're going to pick up so where hot. they left off? Um, yeah, why wouldn't they? I mean, they've got a, you know, Miles Sanders is having a career year. Dallas Goddard is as solid as ever. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith 
have started to balance it out a little more. You know, early in the season, there was a couple really big, you know, one was a hero, one was a zero kind of game. And they're starting to get a little bit uh, more consistent in their production. And they're both really good wide receivers. And they're really different wide receivers in how they play the game. So I, I like them to keep going. They just acquired Robert Quinn to give the defense a boost. Uh, Darius Slay has been playing out of his mind. And so to me, it feels like they're doing, they're, they're saying, Hey, we kind of really liked winning that Super Bowl thing. Let's do that again. So yeah. I'm, I'm in on them this year. Yeah. I think they'll lose a game this season, but it ain't going to be this week. Give me the Eagles as, as do I. Dennis, this next one couldn't be a more perfect marriage of styles of play. The Tennessee Titans 4-2 and at the Houston Texans 1-4-1. You know, Mike Rabel really loves to run the ball, and the Houston Texans can't defend the run to save their lives. Aside from Derrick Henry, is there any Titan you should be considering playing? Not really. I mean, yeah. you, you know, if you're super desperate – are you, you maybe throw Robert Woods in at your last flex and hope he catches a touchdown on one of his two or three receptions. You know, Tannehill, Tannehill can even stay healthy. It, you know, and then who knows what's going to go on if Malik Willis has to play. They're going to run the wishbone if Malik Willis right. <laughs> So it, it, it's, you know, it, it's Derrick Henry and that's about it there. I agree. On the flip side for the Texans, uh, you know, Brandon Cooks had a week of practice, but he's questionable with a wrist injury. We haven't seen them really get much out of anyone else. How are you feeling about the Texans passing game? You know what it is? looks like uh, Davis Mills is the best quarterback from his rookie class, it seems. <laughs> Damning with faint praise? <laughs> it's something. You know, Nico Collins was coming on, and now he's banged up. Maybe that opens up the game a little bit more for uh, for Cooks. Brevin Jordan is back, and he's starting to get back in the mix at tight end. Damian Pierce has really been the guy carrying that team. Uh, I I like what he's doing there. You know, they just don't have a ton of weapons, and we know that going in. But I don't think you know. I don't think that uh, Tennessee does either, and yeah. so you know. I don't know what the over/under is on this game, but it's probably it's, not high. It, it's it's that's, probably going to be worth taking the under on it. That's for me. I'm playing Derrick Henry and Damian Pierce, and that's pretty much it out it out of this game. I am taking the Titans. I'm taking the Texans. That would be a an interesting turn of events. The Washington Commanders three and four at the Indianapolis Colts three three and one. We'll call this the backup bowl for the Commanders. Ryan Robinson and Antonio. Are they playing for the plunger trophy? Yeah, whichever coach has to get fired. Uh, whichever one loses has to get fired. Ryan Robinson and Antonio Gibson have actually coexisted pretty well the last couple of weeks, both of them putting up some interesting numbers, while J.D. McKissick has been the one that's been an afterthought. Are you starting to feel better about those two guys both at least being a flex option? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and we we talked. We I think we were all kind of universally in agreement that we felt if Robinson took the starting job, that McKissick was going to be the guy to suffer because he just doesn't provide the bang that uh, watching uh, Gibson does in the uh, uh, passing game, and Gibson also provides more in the running game than McKissick. So uh, you know, kudos to us for being on that. I think that a lot of it's going to come down to what does, how does Taylor Heineke, does it, does he melt down this week? Does he keep it up? You know, does he not? Uh, you know, he's prone to those uh, 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 fits interception game. Yeah. Well, so. Fortunately, both these teams are pretty milk toast. So, on the flip side, speaking of milk toast, the Sam Ellinger era begins. Are you pumped, Dennis? He's he he has some of the traits I think that the modern NFL quarterback is going towards, as in not just pocket mobility, um, but the ability to run the ball a little bit too. 
So while I think Ellinger brings that to the table, he doesn't have a great arms. I was telling Garrett Price last night that, you know, can Ellinger win? Can he do that being sort of this new school NFL quarterback with the arm he has? You know, Joe Montana didn't have a great arm either. And now I'm not comparing Sam Ellinger to Joe Montana. I'm just saying that neither one of them could really throw the ball very far. Uh, so that may hamper Pierce and Pittman downfield. But if, they, if they're if they able to convert some of the uh, other routes that they have in their route tree, it may be a wash because it isn't like uh, Ryan was chucking it down the field 60 yards either. Uh, I like seeing Ellinger get a shot just because, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't had a chance to fail yet. I don't expect him to be hugely successful. But man, let's just let's let's ch- check that box off and say, well, now we know what we have. Let's go get another guy. I mean, at some point, you just have to you, you've got to you can't just sit back and say, I wonder what this guy can do. You got to put him out there and go, huh? All right, let's see who else there is. That was um, the best. You know, it's fitting that in the Carson Wentz Bowl, Carson Wentz won't be playing for either team, too. I, You know what? I'm not sure what to expect from Ellinger, and I don't know why, but God help me, I'm taking the Colts. You know, I'm going to take the Commanders. I just I just feel like... He needs I, that I, chance. He's going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> well, on to what might be one of the better games of Sunday, the Three and four San Francisco 49ers at the three and three. Have you seen Matt Stafford play this year? Yeah, he had a whole bye week to get right. At the three and three Los Angeles Rams. Dennis Christian McCaffrey now has a full week of practice, and Debo Samuel's been ruled out, which means that they're going to need another weapon. Do you expect a bigger game from McCaffrey? Uh, The guy I expect a bigger game from is Juwan Jennings. Um, McCaffrey will have a bigger How dare game, you, sir. We have so many other gosh darn options. I need to get going. <laughs> McCaffrey will have a bigger game in that he will have a much larger share of the running back opportunities, likely 90 ish percent. If I had to guess, I think Jeff Wilson is, is, you know, let's, let's all pour one out for the, the grinder there. Uh, But McCaffrey is just an exceptional player, and so he's going to get lots of opportunity. The passing game, though, they're going to need somebody else that's not coming out of the backfield. And and I think Jennings provides a little bit of something that neither Ayuk nor Debo do, and that's just big. He's he's their biggest wide wide out, I believe. Um, But, no, I think McCaffrey, if you got McCaffrey, you're plugging him and you're playing him and you're hoping Debo gets back. I want to see this offense at, at full strength. Um, and and we're, we're just – we're getting cheated. I guess, yeah. I mean, I'll be curious. I, I think he'll have a better game. I am personally hoping that Ayuk does uh, well because he's the one I'm slotting in, not Juwan Jennings. On the flip side, you know, Cooper Cup's going great gums. It looks like Van Jefferson is going to be activated for this game. Still no Cam Akers. Outside of Cup, you know, you have Jefferson, Robinson, Higby. Any of them interest you? If I'm going to play a wide receiver that's not Cup or Robinson, I'm probably playing Ben Skoranek. I mean, he's getting carries. Actually, you might play him over Robinson the way things are going. <laughs> um, I, I I know I'm a, a big proponent of when the team clears a guy, that means that's good enough for me. But I just think the, the Rams offense has struggled enough this year that if – Unless I'm absolutely desperate, I'm okay to leave Van Jefferson on my bench. Give me the Los Angeles Matthew Staffords. I'm I'm taking the the fighting Christian McCaffreys. One of us is going to be sad. It's almost always me. You'll get over it. Yeah. The six and one New York Giants travel to take on the first place four and three Seattle Seahawks. Dennis Daniel Jones is QB nine on the season. Is he in your starting lineup? So it's like the NFL is in the upside down, isn't it? <laughs> I, 
I know both these quarterbacks are top 10 quarterbacks, Geno Smith and Daniel Jones. They should be in your freaking starting lineups. I mean, I, how can you not start him? He's he's adding uh, – he's always been a good athlete despite his trip and fall on the 80-yarder a season or two ago. Um, Jones just he, – he's not turning the ball over this year. His uh, accuracy is up a little bit. I shudder to think what would have happened if he had actual NFL caliber wide receivers playing with him all year. If they get him Jerry Judy, which that's the latest rumor, be curious to see. I already think the Giants are potentially a playoff team. I mean, I I like the way they're playing. And, uh, I mean, what well, I think uh, Evan Neal is out this game, though, so that may present uh, a little bit of an issue for him. But – Kayvon Thibodeau is starting to come on on the D-line, looking phenomenal. On the flip side, uh, you know, Ken Walker, since coming in, has really exploded. He was incredible last week. He's looking like he's got some rookie of the year potential. Do you think he's a top 10 option at running back? Uh, yeah, I, I think that right now um, there's been an – he's shown us enough explosion and power, and they, they're they're actually giving him the ball. They're not, you know, Pete Carroll's not getting cutesy and deciding, hey, we're going to have a 20-carry DJ Dallas game. Um, to me, I think that you, if you've got Kenneth Walker, you're rolling him out there and, until Pete Carroll gets screwy and outsmarts himself. I am actually taking the first-place Seahawks. I'm going to take the first-place Giants. They are not in first place. Yeah, they will be. Not only if the Eagles lose. <laughs> I think you forgot they're in the Eagles uh, Anyway, uh, Sunday night football, the Green Bay Packers, three and four at the five and one fresh off a of bye Buffalo Bills. Schedule makers doing Aaron Rodgers no favors either. Alan Lazard is doubtful, might have been downgraded out by now. Yeah. yeah. The Packers offense is struggling. They are double-digit underdogs uh, to the Bills for, I think, what they said is the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career. What do the Packers need to do to try to get a win? Uh, go hit the ayahuasca and see what ideas come up. You know, they need something because yeah. their they're receiver, you know, Rodgers is basically flat, flat out said, We've got guys that aren't performing, and I'm tired of having to play with them. Yeah. So I need you to get me guys that I want to play with. Uh, you know, and Sammy Watkins came back just in time. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Who he they does have. seem to like. I mean, I know it was a joke, but he does seem to like Sammy Watkins more than some of the than like Christian Watson. Well, Watson, Watson has spent less time on the field than Watkins, I think. Yeah. So. I, I wish they would remember that they should run the ball with Aaron Jones, although I don't know that that would be a great idea against Buffalo, who actually has a decent defense. I am yeah. their, their offense does not look good. Yeah. Uh, it's not a good week to play play your Packers. On the flip side, you know, Stefan Diggs has been going great guns, but we've seen Gabe Davis, after getting back healthy, has been really explosive in the two games before the bye, and Dawson Knox starting to get his mojo back. How are you feeling about those two? I feel awesome. I love Gabe. Gabe Davis is a perfect compliment to Stefan Diggs. Um, you know, the two of them it, with the mid-range game, Diggs is such an exceptional route runner, and Davis is just such a powerful route runner. He he is, despite not being as big as Mike Evans, uh, he's up there. He goes and gets it. He dominates at the, the catch point, uh, and he gets open too. So it isn't like everything you throw at him is is a contested catch. Davis is just having a, a phenomenal year. And, you know, as a third option, it's kind of a coin flip now between Shakur, Shakur, Shakir, who is pushing Isaiah McKenzie, who's back healthy again. It's because McKenzie drops too much. I think the Bills are going to probably win by 20-plus points. I'm taking yeah. them. I think they roll too, man. I know there's people that said that the Packers will cover that spread. I don't, I don't see it. 
Monday Night Football is a battle of the AFC North as the 4-3 and three Cincinnati Bengals head in to battle the 2-5 and five Cleveland Browns. Dennis, no Jamar Chase, who's dealing with a hip issue that is expected to land him on IR. Could be out four to six weeks. The Browns have really struggled defending the run. Could this be a big Joe Mixon game? Man, they, Cincinnati's offensive line is getting better. But they're kind of getting better at about the same pace Justin Fields is getting better. Um, And as much as I would like to think that Mixon is going to get it together, um, when when they have such a strong passing game, even even without Chase, would it – Surprise anybody if Boyd and Higgins both put up wide receiver one games this week? Uh, I mean, they they probably have the best core of three wide receivers in the NFL right now. Um, and then we got Denzel Ward, who's still not back from the concussion. Um, the the Browns are are. You know they're they're putting some pressure on the quarterback, so maybe the matchup with Cincinnati's uh, offense improving offensive line will help the Brown uh, will help the Browns defense a little bit. Um, but Mixon he hasn't been doing a good job evading tackles. He he has been he hasn't been getting uh, he, he's been getting hit behind the line fairly frequently. So it could be a get right game for him. But I'm gonna. I, I'm probably gonna figure he's gonna get a short yardage touchdown. Uh, he's probably in for sixty-ish yards rushing, and and uh, they are throwing the ball to him. So can he put up an RB one game? Uh, yeah, I, I think he can. I, I'm I, I'm gonna on my rosters where I have him. I'm starting him, expecting uh, you know at least a low end RB one game. Yeah, I I think he's gonna do pretty well. On the flip side, the Browns are two and five, still have five games before Deshaun Watson is eligible to come back, but they're kind of playing themselves out of contention. What can they do to change that? So I wonder if Deshaun Watson was to like put on one of those masks so it was just his eyes and use maybe a, a tinted visor and then put on Jacoby Brissett's uniform, would anybody notice? I mean, uh, they would if he didn't throw the ball into the ground. Jacoby is he's he's a good guy and a try-hard quarterback, but I don't think he's gonna he's Cincinnati's defense, I think, puts just enough pressure on the quarterback that it's gonna hamper Jacoby. He's doing a good job getting the ball to Amari Cooper. That's great. David Njoku's out. It's time for Hunter Bryant to step up. Uh he's he's performed well. Um we've we do have the best running game in the NFL. And Kareem Hunt may be with the team on Monday. He may get traded Monday night before the deadline on Tuesday. Uh, you know, the, a lot of the talk I'm hearing here in Ohio is if the Browns lose, they're more likely to trade Kareem Hunt than if they win. And my thought is trading. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to make a big difference. Get some, get some draft capital to continue to build. We're not we're not making the playoffs this year. Um, get some draft capital. Uh, let Darnus Johnson get some playing time. See if Jerome Ford is healthy enough to come back and be your RB three. Maybe see a little bit of what we got there, or maybe maybe just maybe give the ball to Nick Chubb twenty five times and throw it to him occasionally because he can catch it. Believe it or not. So can Amari Cooper over the top. Always remember he's there either. I am taking the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals at home as well. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our look ahead at week eight. Hopefully uh, you find some players to fill your lineup holes out there. As Dennis mentioned, enjoy only having two teams on the bye this week because it gets to be more like apocalypse in week nine. Until then, have a good weekend. Dennis and I will be back with you on Monday. And if the people have some free time, what should they do? They should rate. They should review. They should download, subscribe. Check out the YouTube channel over at Campus to Canton. You can find our lovely faces over there. 
Uh, we love them. Five-star reviews really helps us out. Go check out the other shows over at the Pigskin Podcast Network. Lots of team-centric shows that are not just uh, awesome fantasy content like us. Dangerous, Hackett. Let's run. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. If you got your popcorn ready. I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Over the tackle of the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs>